Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And final hour of the program here on Friday morning. And uh, we were talking about the announcement from MassDOT earlier this week about the type of bridge that will be replacing the New Bedford-Fairhaven Bridge. The over-a-century-old swing bridge, which, you know, it's not really swinging. It's not money, baby. Some of you will get that. Uh, But that bridge needs replacing It's needed replacing for a long time. We finally found out it will get replaced. And then the question became, what type of bridge? Would it be a drawbridge? Would it be a vertical lift bridge? The vascular bridge? All these different ideas that have come forward. And MassDOT has announced it will be a vertical lift bridge. So think of the way that the Bourne train bridge operates. It's going to be similar to that. Probably more similar to the Four River Bridge in Weymouth. It is... Well, will be 290-foot towers, one on each side, the bridge in the middle. The bridge will raise, have two stopping points. It can raise to 80 feet, which I would think would probably be the case most of the time based on the type of marine traffic that goes through now. And it can also raise to 138 feet. And just to give you some perspective, 138 feet is three feet higher than the Bourne train bridge is at its highest point. So, you know, when when the bridge, the train bridge is fully up, fully lifted, which it is most of the time, that's 135 feet, the bottom of that bridge to the water. This can go 138 feet, so three feet higher than that. Now, the towers of the Bourne train bridge are much higher But, you know, that's, uh, what did I say? It was 270 feet. But this will be 190 feet. So you're going to see it. It's going to be significant. You will see it from various points of the city. The idea is that construction will start in 2027. It'll take 12 to 18 months to complete. Part of the reason why this bridge design was selected is because it would be the least amount of time it would take to construct the bridge. And it will be a a pretty fast up and down procedure. Now, the train bridge is almost 100 years old, and that doesn't take very long. 
the Four River Bridge in Weymouth is very quick. And I'm sure this will be similar to that. We did get um, uh, an app chat message from Sketty. She says the name of the park the little boy called in to ask about that the bridge could be named at. So actually the, the, the little boy that called in, well, and you're right, he was so cute. He was concerned that the bridge would affect Noah's Place Playground, which is the playground there at Marine Park that was the subject of controversy a few years ago when they were going to start charging for parking there. But that, I don't think, would be affected. It looks like the way this bridge would be designed. And again, and I've, by the way, I've sent an email to uh, Representative Strauss's office. He is the chair of the Transportation Committee. I've sent him an email asking for him to just pop on the show at some point in the near future and kind of go over some of these ideas with us. Obviously, it's very early in the process. They haven't even entered into the design phase yet. But we can talk some generic idea about what they're expecting, which is also how much of an approach would this type of bridge need. If you look at the way that the Bourne train bridge is constructed versus the Four River Bridge, the Four River Bridge has an approach, but it also has more waterway to cover as to where the bridge is. So if you look at photos of the Four River Bridge, you'll see this approach going to where the bridge is, but those that approach is going over the waterway. If you look at something like the Bourne Train Bridge, there is no real approach. It gets to the canal. That's where the bridge starts. That's where the towers are. There's no incline on the way up. My guess would be because of the way that the swing bridge that's there is currently constructed. They wouldn't need a high approach. It all depends on how much that base pedestal has to rise out of the water, I guess. The base of that tower, how far deep can they go into the, into the water and how high up does it need to go? before they can actually have the bridge structure go across. Those are the questions that, you know, we need to get the answers to to, to have an idea. I don't think it's going to need a large approach. But that is really part of the way that the development of that area has hurt the potential plans. It's great that there are businesses there. And we want to be able to see them continue to thrive. But just the fact that they exist there does limit what they can do in the construction of a new bridge. And, and again, I'm not, not saying that's a negative thing. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation. You couldn't build a bridge with a, an inclined approach without hurting those businesses. So I'm sure they're going to do everything they can to avoid that. The other side of of this is having a bridge like this that will be able to be state-of-the-art means it's not a it, it's it's not 
the situation, I mean, again, the people who operate the bridge do a fantastic job. They do the best that they can with what they have. But you're going to have something that's going to be faster. You're going to have something that's going to be more efficient. You're going to have something that's going to have better ability when there's communication. If, if I remember correctly, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I seem to remember reading somewhere or hearing somewhere at some point, they actually manually operate that bridge. They, they turn a crank and that's what makes the bridge move. This can be all computerized. So when a, when a ship is coming, they know that it's coming. It can ping the bridge and they'll know how high it needs to go. I do hope that when they do build it and they have the inevitable ceremony, ribbon cutting, whatever they're going to do for its completion, I hope they put it all the way up. And, you know, I hope that from time to time it does go all the way up. That'll look cool. That'll be a nice thing to see. But also, you know, a lot of the time when I'm sitting there waiting for it, I'll be happy that it's only going to go 80 feet instead of 138 feet. Southcoasttoday.com has all the details if you want to find out more about it. Good piece there by Frank Mulligan. But I was also asking the question earlier, do we want to see this bridge be named and who should it be named for? Do we want to have it named after a person? We know what a controversial thing that can be. Public buildings in in New Bedford have been renamed for people. It's always a, a discussion that ends up, you know, some controversy that comes about with that. Do we want to have it be something more of a historical nature? I suggested earlier the Frederick Douglass Bridge, the Herman Melville Bridge, the Moby Dick Bridge. I still think, I still think there's a way you could make that bridge look like a whale. Maybe put some LED lighting. Because if you, if you look at the bridge, look at the Four River Bridge. It's like if somebody took the Bourne and Sagamore Bridge and kind of straightened it out a little bit more. It's not as, not as arced. It kind of looks like a whale. You could, with some LED lighting, or maybe some you know, innovative kind of design, you could make it look like a whale. Make it a whale. It would not look cheesy. And it would be something that would be a talking point, a destination point, a... An image that would represent the city the same way you can put the Zakem Bridge up and people say, oh, that's Boston. Although the Zakem Bridge, you need to see a little bit more of the background in it because that bridge design is becoming commonplace. Plus, you're going to have something that looks like the Zakem Bridge with the pedestrian bridge. It's going to be similar. So... You could have something that stands out as an... This could be something that goes on the next, you know, New Bedford Tourism logo. It could go on T-shirts, stickers. This could be the iconic thing, if done right. 508-996-0500. 
we were also talking about some of the, you know, in, in wanting to have something that is visually appealing, we were also talking about some of the eyesores that are around the South Coast. Farm 107 has been collecting some of those on their Facebook page, asking folks to share them with them. And when Skeddy had called in, she mentioned the old farm stand on Mount Pleasant Street. Uh, Joan, Joni, might be, I don't know, in New Bedford, sent an app chat message saying, the old farm stand on Mount Pleasant is owned by the airport and leased. I believe there are height restrictions because of the planes, which makes sense, you know, considering that spot. Certainly that area has a lot that needs to be developed. She mentioned the building next to the gas station, next to the uh, auto zone. There, of course, building 19 comes up all the time. Somewhere, somebody out there, as soon as I said building 19, someone just reflexively out of their mouth said, that should be a Whole Foods. And then somebody else reflectively said, that should be a Trader Joe's. Because I talked about a vacant spot with a parking lot somewhere on the South Coast. So... There are people who just naturally are programmed to say, that should be Trader Joe's. That should be Whole Foods. It's not going to be either. Trader Joe's and Whole Foods are not coming. They, they don't seem to have any interest in the area. They've had numerous opportunities and have not done so. So I don't know that you will ever see either of those here on the South Coast. Or if it is, it's, it's going to be further out on the South Coast, like a Swansea area or... It's not going to, they're not coming to New Bedford. Walmart is not coming to the Building 19 property or the Kings Highway property. These are all suggestions that people make every time you bring these places up. Just like if a small corner business closes, that should be Chick-fil-A. That should be Sonic. It's probably not going to be either of those. And in fact, what you might start to see more of is more Starbucks locations. The New Bedford one appears to be doing very well. We have the Fairhaven one coming. Dartmouth has been around for a while. Fall River has one. You could start to see more of those pop up. And I would, I would bet on more of those before I would bet on more Sonics, more Chick-fil-A's. But anyway, that's a whole, maybe, maybe getting that bridge. Well, <laughs> the bridge is the key to everything. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break and we'll be back in a few moments. I got a girl who lives with me. I got a girl, she smells so sweetly. I got a girl, she loves her dog. I got a girl, I love her dog too. I got a girl who stares in the mirror. I got a girl who blames it on her period. Welcome back in. 508-996-0500. And uh, I want to also point your direction to WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Barry has some great articles up there today, including one that looks back on the 17-year-old New Bedford High School student that might have prevented a Columbine-type massacre from happening at New Bedford High back in 2001. And you can read more about that. What's interesting, though, is that young woman who, who spoke up and stopped that eventually came to regret it. 
it's it's a really really fascinating saga that uh, it really kind of made her life a living hell, and she ended up getting into some some issues and some trouble over it. it it's it's sad, and we want to encourage people to see something and say something, but uh, what a saga that was. And of course, I also have my article up there too about that incident that happened with me the other day where I was cut off by a truck on the highway. And then when I got to, you know, he went off the exit, I went off the exit behind him. We were stopped at the next stoplight. And then he puts his car in park, his truck in park and gets out and starts walking toward my car. And I had no idea what to expect. Put down my window and he said, you know, I'm really sorry you were in my blind spot. He apologized for cutting me off and that had never happened to me before. And from the reaction I was getting from people when I shared that on social media, it had never happened to other people either. So I wrote up an article, a little open letter to the man. Hopefully he sees it and he realizes that, you know, you made things a little bit better in my day that day for just saying you were sorry. And really, it was just a mistake. It wasn't like he saw me and said, screw this guy. He's in a little Mazda. I'm in a big truck. I own the road. Ah, it wasn't like that at all. He, he made a simple mistake, as I'm sure many of us have done. I know that I've done it. There's been plenty of times that I've looked at somebody coming down the road and said, oh, I can pull out. I've got plenty of time. I pull out. Next thing I know, they're right behind me. And I say, oh, that's on me. I, I, I guess I didn't have as much time as I thought that I did. So it just made me feel a little bit better. I have been dealing with some, not road rage, but uh, what I like to call road idiocy, which is where the people don't get me mad, but I just think that everybody's stupid. And every morning I'm like driving here and I'm like, all right, this, this, wow, this idiot, why, why are you on the road this early, you dumb... And I realized, like, no, there's there's nothing wrong with these people. It's just it's just me, and how I'm perceiving it. So maybe maybe I can clear up some of my my problems with that. Thinking, well, look at this guy. He made a simple mistake and he apologized for it. So hopefully he reads that, and hopefully he knows that I appreciate his apology. Because obviously in that situation, you know, when he apologized, I said to him, "Oh no, no, that's fine. No, no, I get it. Have a good day." But that could just be platitudes, too. That could just be, I was ready to open my door and get out there and get into a fist fight with the guy, but I was so taken aback by his apology that I just didn't know what to say. No, I was genuinely touched by the fact that he apologized for it. Because who else is ever going to do that? He had Massachusetts plates, but I, <laughs> I was like, that is not a Massachusetts driver to do something like that. Most of the time in Massachusetts, when the when a driver does something wrong, it's still your fault somehow, no matter what. So I appreciate that he took those those couple of seconds. I did think it was odd that he parked his car at a stoplight and got out and came over to my car. That's a dangerous thing to do in today's day and age. You don't know how the person in that car is going to react. He was taking a chance. Maybe I just don't look scary. But uh, it it really did touch me. And so I wrote that up, hoping that he'll see it. And hoping that maybe it'll inspire somebody else to do the same thing next time they cut somebody off. Although I wouldn't recommend parking your car at a red light and getting out of your car. It's probably not a good idea. But at least look at the person and, and wave and 
say you're sorry. 508-996-0500. We're going to go now into the newsroom and get all of the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. President Biden is announcing that federal student debt will be wiped clean for some who took out small loans. Those who got less than 12000 in loans and have been paying them off for at least 10 years will see the remaining debt canceled immediately. It applies to those who are enrolled in the Save Repayment Plan. Israel is telling an international court that the war in Gaza is not intended to destroy the Palestinian people. An Israeli lawyer made that argument today in the International Court of Justice, where Israel is defending itself against accusations of genocide and its war against Hamas. The lawyer told the court that Israel is under attack on multiple fronts. Passengers who were on the Alaska Airlines jet that lost a door mid-flight are now suing Boeing. The plane's left side door flew off last Friday shortly after takeoff, causing the cabin to depressurize and forcing an emergency landing. A class action lawsuit says the incident caused economic, physical, and emotional pain for those on the flight. All six crew members aboard a Navy helicopter that crashed into the San Diego Bay have survived. A Naval Air Force Pacific Fleet spokesperson says the Seahawk helicopter went down around 640 last night near the Naval Amphibious Base Coronado during a routine training mission and that the crew was promptly brought ashore for medical evaluation. A new bill in the House would allow commercial pilots to make reports about UFO sightings to the federal government. The bipartisan bill introduced this week comes after testimony from military officials about unidentified objects outmaneuvering jets. The legislation would also allow air traffic controllers to make reports. An Ice Cube will be honored at the Basketball Hall of Fame this weekend. The rapper is also co-founder of Big Three, the popular three-on-three summer basketball league. He will be honored Sunday in Springfield, Massachusetts with an impact award that bears his name for his commitment to the sport and to improving communities. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is moving on from the franchise after 24 season. Belichick, who had one year remaining on his contract, will be allowed to leave the team without the Patriots seeking compensation. The 71-year-old leaves New England leaves New England with 333 career victories and six Super Bowl wins. The Bucks took the win over the Celtics 135 to 102. Preyton Pritchard led the season scoring with 21 points. Jalen Brown was the only member of the starting lineup to score in double digits with 10 points. The Celtics will host the Houston Rockets tomorrow night. And the Bruins fell to the Golden Knights 2 to 1 in overtime. Matt Kreslick scored the only goal of the game with his second of the season. Jeremy Swayman managed to stop 23 of the 25 shots he faced and Trent Frederick was credited with his 10 assist of the year. Tomorrow night, the Bruins will face the St. Louis Blues. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Chilly temperatures out there with mostly sunny skies in the low 30s. Plenty of sunshine for this afternoon, mid 40s, slightly above average temperatures. The area rivers remain swollen across the region. And then as we head into this Saturday, we could see Buzzards Bay at New Bedford reaching moderate levels once again. Stay tuned for that next storm system to impact overnight tonight into Saturday. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Seth. 
Cecilia Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. That is Shaggy, who, of course, broke big with that song, Boombastic. But uh, before that, before he started his musical career, he was in the Marines and he served in the Gulf War. And while he was in the Gulf War, while, while, while he was in the Marines, that's when he perfected that, that toasting style, that reggae style, and uh, went on to success. So, But he, he was also a Marine, served in the Gulf War. Uh, let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. It's Catherine again. I'm up early. Good morning. <laughs> it's nice to hear you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, before I go to the topic I'm primarily calling about, and maybe this has already been discussed, but about the, now is that bridge definite, the change? Yes. So the, bri- the bridge is definitely happening. Uh, this This design idea of it being a vertical lift bridge will be what's going forward, but what's still up in the air is the actual design of it. That's the next phase of the process. Okay, thanks, and I'm sorry if you had to go repeating that. But, no, no problem. Um, okay, so how much time, no matter what, does people will have to stop driving? Yes. So what is the difference in time? So the, uh, in terms of how long it'll take to con- construct the bridge? No, sorry. In terms of how long, at the very least, how long would someone need to be uh, waiting in their car like we do now? Oh, the story that the Standard Times has doesn't have any information on that, but I can tell you having been around some of these vertical lift bridges, it's uh-huh. it's minutes. It's, it's not very long at all. Uh, it's essentially... I know with the train bridge, I think it, the whole process takes you know less than ten minutes for it to go up and down, and that's a hundred years old almost. So with the four with the four river bridge, um, I know I've been you know over at that bridge, and I would I would say it's probably like five or six minutes. Okay. It all, de- it so all depends it'll be on how a few minutes improvement, perhaps. It all depends on how long it takes the vessel to come through. I think after that. And unlike okay. the swing bridge, well, which sure. yeah. you've got to really get get that going in time before it comes through. So it's not just the process of how long it takes to move the bridge. It's right. like how far over you have to get before they can even come in. This is just up and down. So they can wait till the very last minute to be able to lift it. Okay. Yeah. No, I realize it depends on the... Anyway. Um, well, I'm sorry that's going to happen. It's an iconic bridge. Um, I've learned to appreciate having to stop. 
and just, um, you know, not go drive anywhere, just sit and stop and give you a few minutes to reflect a bit. And um, I am retired now, so it's a lot easier to do that. But still, I have appointments on the other side of the bridge, and you have to plan accordingly. And it sounds like you're still going to have to no matter what. So uh, I'm just sorry to see it go, but um, hopefully there'll be something um, that the new bridge has that the old one doesn't in terms of convenience for uh, drivers, because that's mainly what people complain about, I think. Well, I think you might be the only person I've ever heard say you're going to be sorry to see the old one go. Oh, well... I don't know. Maybe I'm not the only one. Maybe somebody will call in. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's an unusual bridge, and um, it's too bad that we will lose it uh, because it's so unusual. Um, okay, so I'm calling. Do I have enough time to ask something? bring something else sure. up? Okay. Um, I'm looking at the, um, the temporary list uh, put out by the, uh, our assessor's office of uh, all of the properties, hopefully all of the properties, and some information that people would need in order to um, file for an abatement, for them to figure out if they wanted to file for a tax, real estate tax abatement. And the information we have, and this is what, the 12th of January, is it? Yes. Yeah. So this is day 12 out of 31 that we you know, because the uh, any applications have to be in by February 1st, that we do not, we taxpayers do not have all of the information that we need uh, in order to decide whether it is worth our time to uh, file a tax abatement. And I know there are two city councilors working on this uh, issue. Um, as of last night, to my knowledge, no assessor has returned either of the city councilors' calls, which they've, you know, left messages for. Um, and I know city that assessors are part-time, but so what? Um, there's information that we don't have that we should have. Um, now, the assessors may claim that we can figure out all this stuff ourselves, but we need to know that what they're putting down is accurate, too. Uh, it, it's a lot to, you know, explain over the phone, but the bottom line is we don't have the information yet that we need in order to decide whether to file for an abatement. And I've done it twice uh, successfully, so I know what I'm talking about, and um, it's a shame. Because now we have, what, 31, 12, 30, um, what do we have, 11 days? No, 12 days left? No. no that's wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math myself. 31 minus 12. <laughs> 18, 29. 19? 19, no. thank Is that you. Right? Oh, God. Yeah, 19 days instead of 31, you know, to figure out uh, if that's a feasible thing to do. And it takes time to do uh, comps well, you know. So uh, it's a problem, and you know, it's, it's shameful that it's been this long that uh, the assessor's have not come out and spoken publicly about this. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of questions that need answering, and there's a lot. And, and you've got city councilors asking questions and not getting answers. Imagine how yeah, the regular that's citizens terrible. feel. Yeah. yeah, awful. Two of them. Yep, two have been uh, talking with me and stuff, and, uh, and maybe other people, I assume, too. Uh, I do know a lot of people just say, oh, oh, taxes went up, and they don't check to see if they're being, their house is being assessed fairly. Right. I did initially because mine seemed 
way off, and it was. Um, so, you know, the first of two times and then the second of two times. And actually, I think it's off again this time. So I probably will file again, but I'm waiting for the all of the information. So I don't waste my time or the assessors. Well, hopefully they get that to you quickly. I'm, I'm going to assume you're not going to get, if you don't get anything today, you're not going to get anything on Monday because the offices will be closed. And yep. so, you know, time is running short. Yeah. Well, what the city council or one of them last night was told uh, was that maybe today and if not Friday, Monday. Well, I heard that a week ago. <laughs> so I'm not holding my breath. Not not from this. I mean, I believe the city councils are being told this. Right. I, I just, you know, I don't believe uh, that it's, you know, going to be today or Monday yeah. and, and not Monday because of the holiday. But. Anywho, well, if you do, um, if you do see, get the on information, on a positive note, it's a beautiful day. Yes, it is. By the way, on a on a negative note, we've got rain and wind coming in. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then you hunker down and get a good book and tea or something. Absolutely. Well, you have a great right, weekend, and, and, and let us know if you hear anything on that. We'll do. Thanks. All right. Thank. Take care. Uh, speaking, by the way, of the city council, uh, last night at the meeting, it was discussed, and um, also not bad at Oak Bluffs. Uh, sent a Snapchat message about it. it. says, good morning, Tim. It was great to read that the Tavares Brothers Way is now an official street honoring the five New Bedford brothers who made their community proud with a run of hit albums, hit songs, and a Grammy during the 1970s. Yes, they are naming a street for the Tavares Brothers. And so that is, that's going to be a, a great, I'm sure they'll have a ceremony and a formal ceremony and everything for it. Uh, it'll be something that stands the test of time. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, driving around the city is how many times you have a street named for someone that causes reflection for that person. And it causes you to just, as you're going down, you say, oh, this is Tavares Brothers Way. I'm going to just put some Tavares on, on my, on my Spotify. You know, little things like that do make a difference and do kind of put that into your mind. Let's uh, take a quick call here before we have to go to a break. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Um, I'm just calling not to comment or anything. I, I did hear your um, your little story this morning about your health issue. Mm -hmm. So I'm just calling to wish you lots of luck. Thank you. And, you know, stay positive and... I'll say a little prayer for you and all will be good, okay? So just, I, that's all I wanted to say. Um, I listen to you every morning. A lot of times, yeah, I don't agree with what you say. I do agree with some stuff, but that's neither here nor there. I just, you know, want to wish you um, lots of luck on whatever they're going to do and that the outcome comes out good and just have a little faith, okay? I have appreciate that. Thank you very yeah, much. You as well. Yes. Next Friday, I will be out for some surgery. They're going to remove a portion of my kidney that has a mass on it. And uh, I should only be out a couple of days. Uh, I have Jack covering for me on Friday. Uh, Brian's covering for me the following Monday. And I could be back to work as, as soon as Tuesday. I just can't lift anything heavy. So, you know, the laptop is probably about the heaviest thing I can carry for a few weeks just on a restriction, but I, I can certainly sit here and, and talk. I guess it all depends on how much pain there is. I've heard various ideas about how much pain I will be in, but I have a pretty high tolerance, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, and then, you know, once they take it out, they can be certain if it's cancer, but they're 90% sure that it is. So, but thankfully that's the only spot that I have it. 
and at least that they can see on the MRI, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. I do have to take a break, so callers, hang on. We'll get to you when we come back. Uh, but before I go to that break, you know, it is a beautiful day. It is a day to treat yourself to something delicious. It's a day to go to Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop. Get yourself a delicious muffin and a latte or a cappuccino, a hot chocolate, whatever it may be that kind of powers you through the rest of your day. Sit, relax, and have yourself a few moments of bliss. You can also get some of their outrageous desserts with European flair, some of their famous rice pudding. You can get cheese rolls, linguiça and cheese rolls. You can get sandwiches made on their fresh-baked daily Portuguese bread and pops, sandwiches like casserla, tuna, chicken salad, or if you don't want to get the sandwich, you want to just get a container of that and bring it home with some of the rolls and make it yourself, you can do that as well. You want to get some snacks for the kids for after school or some pastries for over the weekend? They've got it all. Stop by Sunrise Bakery and Coffee Shop, 506 Bolton Street in New Bedford. Start your day the Sunrise way. All right, I do have to take that break. We'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back in. Let's go back to the phones. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I want to give you a quick two, two things. I want to give you a reflection on the interactions yesterday morning. Lowbrow pro, uh, programming invites lowbrow listenership. And I'll just leave it at that. But funny story, like you said you get into 90s music. That's your, your genre or yes. your era, right? Um, funny story. I went to college back in 91. I got my, my non-commercial FCC license. And this is about the time where Smells Like Teen Spirit came onto the scene and kind of broke the scene. Now, I'm, I'm DJing in college, and within a month, we had to have a meeting, with a staff meeting with the radio station um, staff to never play that song ever again because it blew up so big that it was no longer college material. Wow. Um, but every, like, yeah, we get calls six, seven calls an hour to play this song. But one caller sticks in my mind, and he's the one that spurred the uh, cancellation. He would request it on 33 and a third and dedicated to the rope woman from the pain master. And it was a 45 record, but he would request it specifically on 33 and a third and have it dedicated <laughs> No, we said, we can't do this anymore. We got to cancel it. Yeah. No more playing that song. <laughs> well, I mean, that, and that was the song that really kind of threw everything that was alternative yeah. into the mainstream. I don't want to say it killed college radio, but it, it in many ways, it, it shook that scene 
it broke that scene wide open. There was no more metal versus college versus alternative. It was all just kind of mashed together. And then they started mass producing, you know, they started coming out with like, you know, uh, corporate created bands to sound like those, you know, those alternative bands and that kind of really, you know, once you get to like the silver chairs of the world. Mud mud this and mud that and puddle this and puddle that. And yeah. (laughs) No, well, muddy, muddy, muddy the waters, I guess you could say. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, have a good day. You as well. Take care. And I do have to take one final break here. We will do that. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. It is time now to check in with Eric over at the butcher shop. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, what's going on, Tim? How you doing, brother? Doing all right. What's what's good over there today? Oh man, my mother made my mother made she made linguisa and cheese meat pies. Oh, that's different, right? And they're yeah. really good. They're delicious. A few and people took them already. They called back. They said they loved them. And and what, how would you serve that? What would you want to serve that with? But honestly, I don't know. It's linguisa. I don't know. It's got bread. It's almost probably like a sandwich already, right? Yeah, I think so. Maybe a little uh, some onions and peppers on the side, maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Well, yeah. What 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 else you have going on over there this weekend? Uh, we have French beef pies. I got chicken pot pies. I got turkey pot. I got pies coming out of my ears today. A lot of pies. <laughs> well, it sounds sounds like people could have a, a really good weekend with uh, the rainy weather coming in, filling up on some good comfort food. Yeah, it's supposed to be snow or rain. I don't know. I keep hearing different things. I've heard it. I've heard thunderstorms. I've heard lightning. Who knows what it'll be? But the important yeah. part is you can curl up with something delicious. Yeah, hopefully they come in, get this stuff, and they stay home for the week. You know what I mean? So what what are you going to have this weekend? One of those linguisa pies? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dab into some. Yeah, some French meat pie, a little bit of everything. Why not? And, of course, the important thing is when you've got weather like this coming in, you want to stop by the uh, the wine cellar and pick up something down there, right? Yeah, so you can get bombed. <laughs> you get bombed. <laughs> <laughs> just make just make sure you're st- straight enough so that if you do have to drive, you know you can yeah. get out there and clear off your get car. A, and get a designated driver. Get a DH before you get bombed. All <laughs> right. Well, I thank you. I'll let you get back to work. Thank you for joining us. And uh, of course, the butcher shop, one twenty three Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. You guys get everything there. Everything people All right, man, need. I'll talk to you. Thanks. Take it easy. Bye bye. That is Eric over at the butcher shop again, one twenty three Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Anything that you need, they've got it there. As we like to say, everything from steaks to soccer balls, and we're not kidding. So uh, stop on by the butcher shop for all your meat, your seafood, all your grocery needs. It's a real neighborhood market. Also, breaking news, ESPN is reporting that the New England Patriots are hiring Gerard Mayo to be the 15th head coach in franchise history. Uh, it was uh, Adam Schefter that report, that uh, broke this and Mike Reese reporting it. And um, so he'll be announced at a news conference next week. He'll become the youngest head coach in the NFL. He's a month younger than Sean McVay, who had that title since became the Rams coach in 2017. So the former Patriots linebacker turned defensive coach, now going to be the head coach, Gerard Mayo, 15th head coach in Patriots history, and will be the person tasked with being the first person to step in after the greatest coach of all time and to lead the Patriots into the future. He's going to get a new quarterback in the draft, most likely. He's going to get uh, you know, his opportunity to try to build a staff. I'm sure they will pair him with a GM that has some experience, and they'll make the team got to be better than they were last year, right? Got to be better. So, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.